episode 247 of the Morgan Scale. Welcome back. Yeah, your host, Ked, here. I am joined by my co-host, Brownie. Uh, it's been a week. We're, we're back into the swing of things. It's like the last week of regular season, which we're pumped to talk about. Uh, before we get into any hockey stuff, Brownie, I found a new show, and I already watched five seasons of it, and I started it like Friday. Oh, God. What? Peaky Blinders. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I started watching that. Yeah. The problem to me was that it was it was the same story. It felt like it was the same story every episode. Yeah. I got, I got a little bit. bored with it. But the, um, how how deep into it did you get? I think I watched like two seasons, maybe. Did you get to the point where you meet meet the Jewish leader, Solomon? Maybe. I don't remember. So th- he's a top five television character of all time. The shit that and I should go back. So funny. He uh he played Bane in Batman. Wait, Bane? That was um Hardy or whatever, right? Yeah, Tom Hardy. Yeah, so he he's the head like Jewish. Tom Hardy's a in, great actor. Bro, like I would Maybe not watch it again if like you weren't that into it, but I'm sure there's like uh you go on YouTube and like search his greatest hits because of shit that this guy says. Unbelievable. Actually, Tom Hardy is one of the few actors to be in both the DC and Marvel universes. <coughs> Didn't know that. Because he was Bane and he's Venom. He uh a- extraordinary. So I just finished huh. that. That's good. Got a haircut, hurt myself oh. bad at the gym. Did there's we talk some- about uh well, since I had this in my later on things, but since we're talking about shows, I've been meaning to tell you about this because I know how much you love documentaries. Um, Terry's. Yeah, I know. Right, right, right. Uh, there's a Tony Hawk one on uh, on HBO Max, I believe. It's called Until the Wheels Fall Off. And it's a story. It's his story. And you're too young, but Tony Hawk was the biggest thing for skateboarding ever. Bro, he had his own video game. Well, yeah, this is, but it goes beyond, it goes before that, but he didn't fit the mold of what people thought skateboarders were. He wasn't getting the fan support because he wasn't like the cool kid. And then he was not behaving like he looked to the sponsors. So he was like, it's an interesting story. And I always liked Tony Hawk. And I remember when all this was going on and some of the names, like I, there are guys that I'm like, I had his sneakers. I wore, I had his poster in my room, guys that are in the, in the documentary that, have not aged very well um but uh yeah it's a it's a pretty interesting documentary i would recommend it i always kind of like tony hawk because he because ex- exactly what you said he didn't fit that mold of like the skater yeah. like and he's yeah. still out there and the stuff he tries and the fearlessness he just seems like a good dude too like he seems yeah. like a guy yeah yeah hang around with yeah have a beer hack a dart outside kind of guy <laughs> but um all right let's let's hop into it wait, we got a lot wait, to talk wait. Oh. me a culpa's so these, you know, Wordle, Quartle, all that? Yeah, 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 I'm an expert. So I've heard, you see at the top of the sheet there, I found these two out about these today. Okay. So Gordle, based Gordy Howe, is five-letter last names of hockey players, current or retired. Is that a real thing? Yeah, it's a game. It's a daily game. Wow, what a fucking genius thing that is. Wait, it gets better. So that's Gordle, right? Which plays the exact same way as Wordle. Bro, we need to write a blog about this, like introducing the new Wordle for hockey fans. Whatever okay, yeah, maybe even try to get the guy on. And create I bet it that would blow up. All right, all right. So I'll, I'll I can do that. I'll circle it. And then the other one is called Hurdle, like to, like Tomas Hurdle. Yeah. This one is really tricky. So this one is you put in a player's name. There's no five letter word limitation. 
Okay. So you type in Bergeron, right? <laughs> well, that's what I did when I first played. Oh, yeah, of course there. you did. All right. right. So I put in Bergeron, and it says that uh, it'll it'll give you all these categories. It says it's it'll either be green or not for uh, conference, Eastern or Western. It'll then say the division had an A, like the old Adams division. And then it says the guy's A, the person you're trying to guess is either younger or older than Bergeron. It'll say the nationality is like green if he's Canadian or if he was American, you know, and then the team will be wrong in the position. So we ended up and then I'll give a silhouette of the guy. How many guesses do you get? I think you get nine or ten. Bro, we, should, have, we should do this next week. We should do this next do week. Do one live on the on the, on podcast. the podcast and see how we it goes. Can. Yeah, we can do that. That could be yeah, good. so I did it. It was uh it was like some third line winger from Ottawa who I don't remember his name right now. Because the only reason I found him is because because of his number. I could figure it out. Do you remember his number? Uh, it's like middle stun or something like that. Middle. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, see. <laughs> Won't have known that one. All right. Well, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, those, so those are, if you, if you like these type of games. Well, it, it was funny because I was talking to a guy at work and I was telling, we were talking about Hurdle when you listen to the song, right? And he goes, yeah, I just discovered Hurdle. It's really hard. I don't know a lot of hockey players. And I go, what? And he goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm talking about Hurdle, where you have to listen to a song. He goes, I'm talking about Hurdle, like Thomas Hurdle. And I'm like, well, it's Tomas. So there, that shows why you're having trouble. That's still and, fucking cool. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So there, so two two new games for you out there. <laughs> that We should definitely write a blog about that, because I think people would do that. Mm. Something along the lines of, are you into Wordle? Well, there's a new hockey game out called There's Hurdle. two. Yeah, two new ones. Yeah. Like that. yeah we'll What's funny is my dad told me last week that he's working on some spreadsheet program thing to figure out uh to keep track of your wordle and and quartal and to override it to give you more chances and i'm like so is this like a multi-million thing he goes no it's just for me i'm like what do you mean it's just for you he's like ah no one no one does stuff in excel i'd have to learn a new language and make code i'm like go ahead (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, those games definitely took over the world there for a little bit yeah i mean hey i do them you know it gets the brain going early yeah. morning, but well, there you go, hurdle and hurdle and gordle. All right, that's fair enough. Mia Culpa's, I love the voice. Hi, this is Mia Culpa, and I'm here to introduce the morning skates Mia Culpa's with Cat and Brownie. The way she says your name is adorable, and Brownie, <laughs> I, lo- I love it. Uh, all right, man, Brownie, take it away, bro. All right, so we were talking about Gerard Gallant, his nickname Turk, yeah, uh, and I found this quote. He said he's been called Turk since he was four years old. I don't remember how I got the nickname. The only thing I can remember is that my uncle used to raise turkeys, and he had them in our basement. I used to go down there as a little kid and chase them around. Uh, that uh, Then one of my brothers started calling me Turkey, and it got shortened to Turk. When he was the head coach in Vegas, he insisted on being called Turk ahead of Gerard, Mr. Gallant, or Coach. He would prefer Turk. I think the wildest part of this story is that they kept turkeys in the basement. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, dude. If if you are a Canadian dude growing up in the era that Gerard Gallant grew up in, and you're in the basement chasing your uncle's turkeys around, you're either going to make the NHL or you're going to be, like, the head of, like, the fucking farming district of, like, your county. 
It's one or the other, and, and he went crazy, man. I have chickens, and they're filthy, and turkeys are just bigger chickens, so I can't dude. imagine having those in your house. And turkeys, they're not, like, kind, dude. Like, no, at they're all. they're big, and they're disgusting, dirty, and they do you know that fly. I, uh, Did you know turkeys can fly? People don't think they can, but they do. They fucking jump dumb high to get into uh, trees and shit. That's wild turkeys. Domestic turkeys are so inbred and stupid There's that if different? you... Yeah. People, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. People keep turkeys as pets. That's a thing. No, not pets. They well, maybe they probably probably right now. I bet you there's someone in the United States that has a support turkey, um, and they bring it on a fucking air air flight uh, airplane. So what's the difference between a wild turkey and the turkey you're talking? About? Wild turkeys are the ones you see like you live in upstate New York. Yeah, yeah, I either see that turkey or frozen turkey at the fucking right. Well, the frozen turkey you see are the domesticated turkeys, which are overbred and all manipulated with their GMOs and everything. Uh, genetically modified organism, I think. is what it Yeah, but for. I don't think that was happening back when Gerard Glock. No, no, no. But nowadays, so domesticated turkeys are so ridiculous. One, because they've given them all the hormones for their breasts, they can't. We talked about this in the past. They can't have sex. Of course we did. Some there are people that jerk off turkeys and then inseminate the females. Turkey jerkers, right? Exactly. Yeah. You, you said that last time. And then the other thing with turkeys is that if you, if it starts raining, you have to bring them inside because they stand outside in the rain trying to drink rain and drown. Stop. Yeah. Turkey oh. jerkers, man. Who would have thought? We're we're, only, we're ten minutes in. We're talking about jerking off turkeys. All right. Well, what, what else? Right, do we so have then the other one. This was strictly mine. When we were talking about Frank Vetrano last week, mm-hmm. I was talking about him like he was still on the Panthers. Oh no, he, he had a fucking snipe tonight against. I the, saw that. That was a wrist shot too. He has he has eight goals. I think how many games have they said they played? Nine. Eight goals in nine games. Well, no, right? he has nine goals since he's been acquired, and whatever eighty-two. What's eighty-two divided by four? 82 divided by 4 would be 20.5. So he's played like 20 games or something like that because I multiplied by 4 and I was like, dude, in an 82-game season, he's scoring like 30 goals. He's a good so, player. Yeah, hell of a fucking shot. And you want He's got a lot. He's he's developed his game, his entire game more since he was here. He's got wheels too. Yeah. Like, oh, he always had wheels. He is a no – like every time he's on the ice, if he's third guy high – like he's always there, but if he kind of gets trapped, he all he backchecks so fucking hard, dude. Like, and that's what he didn't do when he was a Bruin is that he he didn't fight through <laughs> the floater guy to get back on D. See, everything I've seen out of that guy since he's been on the Rangers is he has such a high compete level. Yeah, like and uh, dude, he's not a first liner, but he he's playing. Well, up you get traded right from your hometown team. That's got to be a, a wake up call, I'd yeah. imagine. He, he, I have nothing but great things to say about Frankie Vitrano. Yeah, Vitrano. I always liked him. I remember when we got him, it was just kind of like, well, we'll see. And in the back of my mind, I was like, that first line, they're still looking for somebody. They say this guy can shoot, and then all of a sudden, he can fire the fucking puck. Is he on? Is he on the? He's got to be on one of the power plays, he's, right? No, he's not. He might be on the second, but the second unit only gets like twenty seconds. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. but with Kreider and Zibanejad, at it's it's really clicked. And he four checked yeah. hard, he throws the body, he doesn't like fight, but like he doesn't back down from anybody, which is nice to see. So I like um, that kid too that they brought up who played like 24 minutes tonight. What one? The defenseman. Justin Braun? No, no, no. They they brought up a defenseman tonight from the Wolf. Oh, Zach guy. Jones. I'm an idiot. Zach Jones, yeah. Yeah, he, he looks really good, dude. He he seems He's he has to get traded because I don't think there's room for him on the Rangers. But wherever he goes, I can showcase him. him. 
I can see him developing into like I remember when they had Neil Pionk and they told Neil Pionk to go and he dude he's a top four defenseman on the Jets. Yeah. He's he's pretty fucking he, good. He didn't look out of place. He looked very confident and looked comfortable. And they had him out in the in the you know pulling the goalie at the end of the game. He was out there. And he's little. He kind of reminds me of Tori Krug like when he first went in the league, like the way they maneuver and shit. Well, no, he plays defense. Tori Krug. Oh, I see what you're saying. I got what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, so is that what we have for Mia Culpa's? That was it, man. Light Mia Culpa. Damn. All right. Actually, there's a big one in the document, which is all mine, and we'll get to it. All right. NHL news. <laughs> NHL in the news time. Here we go. This there has to be more to this story. Um, oh, he yeah, someone doesn't like him. Yeah, right. Uh, Zamboni driver Al Sabatka, a uh, fighter after taking a piss in the drain of the Zamboni rink over in Detroit, he was diagnosed with benign prostatic or prostatic hyper hypertrophy, uh, which causes this, yeah, that's a mea culpa, uh, which <laughs> causes sudden uncontrollable urge to uh, take a piss. Uh, Let's see here. He, yeah, he, so he pissed in the Zamboni garage between two machines facing wall in an area closed to the public and only access to the all male staff. Staff member complained. Uh, he was uh, first suspended and then fired by HR. He's now suing for wrongful termination. He's worked for the Red Wings since 1971 when he was 17. Worked for, uh, for the organization for 51 of his 68 years alive. There has to be more to this story because I cannot see Steve Eisman being like, yeah, get rid of that guy. You think Eisman even knows? He's definitely it, right? with all the PR and shit, dude. He's been around since '71, man. That's like if you fire like a fucking like equipment manager or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Maz wrote about it uh, on the site. Um, he would have more insight. I should have reached out to him before this. I I meant to. Um, yeah. It, I mean, if if this guy does not have a history of doing stuff like this, then Detroit fucked up. Yeah, or you wait until the end of the year and be like, hey, listen, man, like we can't have Time this to go. going on. Like we yeah. can't have this going on right now. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it, I saw the picture of where he went between two, it was between two Zambonis. There was maybe five feet of space with a floor grate with a cinder block wall in front of him. I mean, yeah, someone probably walked up, maybe looked over and saw the back of him, unless he was helicopter and you know <laughs> yeah I, I don't know about it man but yeah just uh it's, I mean, it, it, dude, it's, it's exhilarating pissing somewhere that's not like a bathroom <laughs> you know like girls have it rough but as a guy if you're at a bonfire you just take 10 steps one way and just turn so around. so right we have chickens and i'm working on the house right and the other night I, uh it's two nights ago i think i went outside with the dog at night and i took a leak off the deck, right? It's like, you know, 15, 12 feet, whatever it is. So on the hill where I was peeing over, it's all scratch from the chickens. So it's mm -hmm. all like dirt right now. Uh, we, you know, we have to reseed it because the dog runs up and down. And uh, the kid who works for me, we were getting something. He goes, what the fuck is that? And it was like this one strip of mud. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. And I got all the feet off the deck last night. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yes, my bad. Uh, also, a shipment of counterfeit Stanley Cup rings from the 1936 season were seized at the Champlain port of entry to the U.S. The originals have a suggested retail of $15,000. Yeah, someone made counterfeit Fagazi rings. Like, who does that? I don't know. The time and effort. Although, I guess if you're going to do one, do one from the 30s, because who's going to be able to compare it to? Yeah, fair. That's you know. fair. Um, 
Roman Yossi hit the 90-point mark for the season, becoming the first defenseman to hit that plateau since uh, Ray Bork did it in the 93-94 year. Uh, Yossi also had his career assist, number 400, taps to him. Yeah. Uh, Nashville clinched a playoff spot, but goalie UC Saros left the game last night with a parent left foot injury. He left the ice without putting any weight on his leg, limped into the locker room. Uh, big save David Riddich came in in relief and gave up the game time goal to Matthew Kachuk in the last second regulation, and then the game winning goal to Elias Lindholm in overtime. Lucky for Nashville, the Stars beat Golden Knights in a shootout to send both Nashville and LA Kings to the playoffs. Now, and you know who Nashville lines up with, right? Who? If it ends right now, Nashville lines up with Calgary. Oh, okay, fair enough. Now there so, was I mean, that's a little that's a little bit of a, put that taste in your mouth last night. They knock out the goal, and you saw that that picture of the hit that Lucic laid. Yeah, I mean that was crazy. That yeah, check. yeah, and then yeah, and then Borietsky, fucking RoboCop. Yeah. Speak now. We're kind of talking about the Knights. We mentioned them. Did you see this thing in San Jose at SAP Center? Is that real? Yeah. So they came out with a message that said, "Fans unite, celebrate, keep the hockey energy kicking." Now imbibe generously, honor the sharks. And if you take the first letter of each one of those words, you know what that's called? Uh, I don't know. It's called a cipher code. Okay, cipher coded out says fuck the knights. Yep. I hope that's real. <laughs> I think it's real. That's fantastic. It's, it's fucking funny. Uh Joe Pavelski notches 500th assist last week in 1165 games played, needs 79 points for a thousand. Joe Pav. USA hockey. The stories about Joe Pavelski, if you hear like Ryan Whitney talk about him or some other uh, former players that play with him, he's that guy that can do everything athletically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what like I'm a natural at everything. Yeah. It must be nice. Yeah. Um, Minnesota time. Buckle up. Yeah. Kaprizov uh, breaks 100 point barrier by achieving the milestone in 77 games. I stud. Yeah. I mean, Really, really good hockey player. Um, yeah. The Ryan Hartman finance raised over 30K for Children's Hospital. Barstool created a shirt <coughs> capturing the moment which proceeds go to the same hospital. And at the time, this uh, were over $20,000. <coughs> I'm not going to pump another company's thing, but that's a good thing to do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Cam Talbot uh, got his 200th win last week, currently 31, 12, and 4 for the Wild. After the game, they asked him to reflect on the achievement. Talbot said the biggest part about tonight was the two points for our group. That's just a team what you guy want to hear. Through. Team guy through and through. Kevin Fiala sets a franchise record with five assists and a 6-3 win over Seattle. And eight forwards for Minnesota, all set career high in points. This is from World Hockey Report. Oh, boy. Yeah, they get a shout out there. Uh, Kaprizov, Hartman, Fiala, uh, Gaudreau, Boldy, Eriksenak, Duar, and Duheim. So – Things are looking good in Minnesota. They're kind of my sleeper for playoffs. They're a tough team to play in a seven-game series, man. If they stay healthy. The team takes on the role of their leader, and their leader is Billy G. Billy fucking G. Love to see it. Um, So you – no, this is a different one. No, this is something different. There are 20 active NHL players who have played in at least a 1,000 regular season games without ever laying hands on the Stanley Cup. Of those 20, nine have already been eliminated from the playoffs. (laughs) It's Brent Burns. Vlasic, Parisi, Yandel, Stasny, Green, Erickson, Voracek, and Wheeler. Ked tried the other 11. Do you want to take a stab at it? That have never won a cup, played a 1,000 regular season games. Thornton? Yep. A 1,000 regular season games? That's that's where – so these all have to be teams that are in the playoffs but haven't fucking won. But, a, damn. Uh, it's that – got to think of the right era of players. That, too. 
But I'm thinking won a cup, like <coughs> no, no, that have never touched the cup. Tavares. Uh, I believe no, no. Okay, you just name them off because I, I don't have it. Uh, Suter, Pavelski, Spezza, Cogliano, Jack Johnson, Giordano, your boy Mark Stahl. Oh, I'm an idiot. I thought that these some of those guys are eliminated. Not at the time that I did this document. Well, is Sutter isn't isn't Sutter? Where did? Oh no, he's on Dallas. I thought he was on the Islanders. I'm an idiot. Yeah, Wayne Simmons and G Money Claude Giroux, and then Nick Foligno for the Bruins. Fair enough. I that was embarrassing. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, more NHL for the first time in NHL history, eight teams in the same conference reached 100 points in the same season. Florida, Carolina, Toronto, Rangers. Uh, I don't think Detroit, Boston, Pittsburgh, Washington. Yeah. Here, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Who are we missing there? It's, it's not definitely Detroit. not Detroit. <coughs> um, Florida, Carolina, Toronto, the Rangers. Who's the other playoff team? We have wow, this is bad. Rangers, Washington, Pittsburgh, Carolina is ours, and then it's Boston, Florida, Toronto, and then who's the other team? <laughs> I'm having a fucking brain fart right now, guys. This is uh, great for business. This is uh this is why people tune in though. It's <laughs> yeah, for these fucking moments. Mia Culpa is going nuts right now. Uh who the hell? <laughs> I, well, at least you caught it. it was Detroit. Let's see here. Florida, uh, Carolina, Toronto, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Boston, Washington. That's eight, right? Yeah, that must be it. I think it's Washington, not Detroit. Washington's on the list. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Panthers, eight. Leafs, Lightning, Bruins. Hold on, hold on. Panthers, Bruins. Panthers, Leafs, yep. Lightning. That's who we missed. We missed Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah, right. yeah well, fuck, fuck right. Tampa. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I'd much rather root for Detroit than Tampa. Yes. And then oh, the annual NHLPA player poll came out today over five. This is the thing here. This is all those. Do you want to do this now or do you want to save yeah. it? Uh, we'll save it. We'll talk about it later. All right. So then just yeah. skip it for now. All right. Uh, Ovechkin gets his 50th for the ninth time in his career, 17 seasons. In doing so, he joins a club that have hit 50 goals in nine times, Wayne Gretzky and Mike Bossy. But then he kind of fell awkwardly Sunday night, listed day-to-day with an upper body injury. I'm sure he'll be fine. They're just resting him. Well, uh, he, they said he wasn't going to play the rest of the regular season. I, I, that's fine. Rest him. Yeah, no, agreed. I thought, but as a Washington fan, I would want him to be rested for sure. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Tony D, Tony D'Angelo sets a new single season points record for a defenseman in Hurricanes history. 51 with two games left to play. He's only uh, played 62 games. So shout out to all the Hurricane fans that said that they would never watch another game of NHL hockey oh, if so Tony D'Angelo signed with their team. You fucking idiots. I know. Uh, Freddie Anderson, he's still out. The Canes lead on rookie uh, Peter Kochekov, who's undefeated in his three starts. 22-year-old was called up on Anderson and Anti Rata. Both went down. Rata skating, backed him up uh, against the Rangers. Layers report on Anderson's he'll miss at least a few games to start playoffs. Now, this is the problem with the Carolina Hurricanes going out and getting goalies, Freddie Anderson and Antiranta. Dude, they they get hurt all the time. They're band-aids. Antiranta's never been healthy. And if he has been, he'd be a fucking great goalie. When he backed well, up the other thing, was awesome. The other thing, when they say when when the team comes out and says he's definitely gonna miss at least a few games, in my mind, so, that's first round. Yeah, minimum. I think so too. Because everybody downplays the injuries. I will tell you this, though. Carolina Hurricanes are the real fucking deal, dude. That's a team I do not want to play in the playoffs. 
uh, if the Bruins going to play him, which it looks like they are, I'd much rather them play them without Freddie Anderson. I'll roll the dice with the rookie. <laughs> that is true. I just they do they just come in waves like they don't yeah. stop. There's no off button with them. I think they beat. The, I think they're. I think the season games with the Bruins. I think they. I think they beat them three times, and I want to say it was like seventeen to two. The scoring, not great. No, not good. Um. Connor Hellebuck with the Jets now holds a franchise record for games played by a goalie with 380. Also the most wins in the history, 200. Most game played with one franchise by goalie. Brodeur had 1259. Hank had 887. Carey Price has 711. Jonathan Quick, 711. Peke Rene, uh, 683. And Mike Richter, oh, 666. I left that in there just just for that. I've been away with Richter, I think, because he's got that sweet baby (coughs) face that his games played is 666. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, the Anaheim Ryan Getzlaff thing. John Gibson paid tribute to retiring uh, Getzy with a new home at the end of the year. Uh, features pictures of Getzlaff throughout the career, and on the back has a C with the names of Getzlaff's kids. They honored him with a commemorative towels on all the seats. It was a pretty cool uh, ceremony that they had. They had uh, Tamas Line drive out with a custom-painted Honda Talent ATV to go along with luxury golf trip. In his final game, he had a sick behind-the-back goal to Adam Henrique. Uh, 737th career assist. They lost the game to St. Louis, but the crowd who waited in line for two hours prior to doors opening got to send Getzloff out. Uh, he retires as the Ducks franchise leader in points, assists, playoff scoring, games played, and he served as the Ducks captain for a team record 12 seasons. Uh, he falls just short of joining a elusive club of NHL legends. I this think is my mea culpa right here. Well, I don't know. I think uh, Hall of Fame easy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Retires, retires jersey easy. 100%. 100%. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, to be honest with you. Oh, this is a big Mia culpa. Yeah, that's why I said it's a big Mia culpa. 34. I thought it was 18. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So apparently on the internet, there's this thing that if you hit it, it goes to the next page. So you can see more than what's on the screen at a time. Uh-huh. And your boy Brownie didn't hit page two. And missed about 17 guys that have also achieved. <coughs> so this so, is the Triple G Club. I think the Triple G, I know that guy who commented on our post was like, well, they call 1,000 a K, and these are three Ks, so I think the name's pretty obvious. Like, fuck off. We're not yeah. calling anything to do with three Ks. Yeah, no. Right? Yeah. So, fuck you. Uh, but this, I still think there's, over, there's almost 100 players that have scored a thousand points in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And I think that if there's only 34 that did this triple thing, it's still a very no. exclusive group. I think so. Too. It's still a six set stat, I think. 100%. And this club that we're talking about are players that achieved a thousand games played, a thousand points, and a thousand PIMs. Yep. Uh, 34 players have done it, 17 retired, and one current. No, 33 oh. retired. <laughs> That's another. <laughs> 33 think. retired, and one current NHL player uh, comprise this historic group. Uh, yeah, this is a fucking cool club to be a part of. He gets lab fell just short with 40 penalty minutes and joining, uh, this, uh, what are we calling it? The triple G club, triple G. So Joe Thornton is the only active player in the club. Uh, and, uh, Malkin is close 20 some odd games away from joining this club. Yeah. I'm all going to get it there. I do want to read these honorable mentions. Cause these are guys I'll give you there. These are all guys that just missed by penalty minutes. Right, Ron Francis, 23 penalty minutes away from joining us. Dougie Waite, 30 minutes away. Getzlaff's 40. Daryl Sittler's 52. Henri Richard, 68. 
Madonna, 74, Iserman, 76, Bobby Smith, 81, Trottier, who you asked about, 80, 88 minutes away from joining this, and Phil Esposito was 90 minutes yeah. away. It's cool. But, so, yeah, there's 34 guys, and I'm telling you, I'm a, I mean, I can read them if you want, but these 34 guys are players that you were like, oh, I fucking love the way that guy played. <clears throat> yeah, we talked about it earlier this week. It was yeah. for sure. Um, name a couple of them so people know what we're talking about. Well, you got the top the top five. Yeah. And I sorted it by um, games played. So Gordie Howe, Mark Messier, Yager, Joe Thornton, Mark Recchi, Dave Andrewchuk, Larry Murphy, Ray Bork, Aginla, Shani, Rod the Bod, Doug Gil- – oh, I might as well just go through it. Doug Gilmore, Mike Gartner, Luke Robitaille, who was a surprising one to me. Hell of um, uh, Pat Verbeek, Al McInnes, Paul Coffey, Dale Hunter, Stan Makita, Vincent Damphouse, JR, Matt Sundin, who was another surprising one to me. Um, Alexei Kovalev, uh, that's that's once they started calling instigate, I mean, uh, embellishment. Then he got racked up. <laughs> uh, Dino Cicerelli, Keith Dechuk, Denny Savard, Frank Mahal- Mahalovich, uh, Bobby Clark, Glenn Anderson, Bernie Nichols, Jean Bellevue. Dave Taylor, Theo Fleury, and Dennis Potman. I mean, that's a that's a murderous row of fucking players. Potvin, you suck, dude. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, if I get to chirp my guys, you get to chirp yours. Hundred percent. It's only fair. Uh, just it's still that's a cool club. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, and it's kind of cool to hear a couple defensemen on that list too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, just to point out, we kind of roasted Buffalo last week, but they now they just won four straight. So, listen. If you can win at the end of the season to send everybody home with good thoughts, right, and not screw up your draft position, then hell yeah. I mean, dude, Owen Power, that Darlene kid, uh, Alex Tuck, Tage Thompson, they're starting to get some good young pieces. That's the the best, I would say, four young pieces they've had in a really long time. And they're going to have another, and they're going to have another high draft pick. Yeah. Yep. And and I think isn't there one goalie Devin Levi? Or didn't yeah. they pick him up? Yeah, from Northeastern. Game? He's going back to Northeastern for another year, but yeah, that's fine. But like, look yeah. at what we have in the pipeline. So yeah, exactly. Good for Buffalo. Um, New York Rangers. They asked our Timmy Panarin if he wants to rest any of the last five games. He says, "I'm a wolf," but uh, they they had to rest him because he kind of got hurt a little bit. Yeah, but he right. said this well before he got hurt. But that's still that's what you want to hear from yeah. him. He's fucking dude. He, he's cool. Like I want to learn Russian just so I can fucking be friends with him. Uh, Ask you know, for uh, tips. Panarin also is now has the most assists from moving forward in New York Ranger history, passing Wayne Gretzky, and Mark Messe. Is that good? Uh, okay. Panarin also is the first Ranger since '99 to have more than one game in a season with four assists. He uh, when you're remember, being mentioned in in sentences with Messier and Gretzky, that's good. I remember when we got him and he was a huge name and I was really excited about it. I was checking out his points, but there was still that thought in the back of my mind that Patrick Kane made him where he was. I was going to say the exact same thing. That was everyone's hesitation. Yeah, because he played with Patty Kane. He put up all these points. He went to Columbus. He still played well, but it was still like in the kind of back of your mind, you're like, is this a guy that you want to give this much money to? Yeah. Like he is... He's one of the, he's probably the best offensive forward that I've seen the Rangers have that I can like remember. 
Like I'm like growing up, I'd watch Messier and shit like that, but it wasn't like it wasn't like how I am. Messier played a much heavier game. It's much yeah. different, and like it's just different now. I can comprehend what's going on. I know what to look for. Type shit. I mean, they had what Rick Nash, yeah. uh, Marty St. Louis at the tail end of his career. Uh, they had Pavel Bore for a bit. Yager was really good. Yager was fucking solid. But dude, the shit that Panarin can do is just—it's incredible, man. Like yeah. he. There was that one shift, I think I sent it to you, where he was just fucking with Jacob Slavin. And Jacob Slavin's like one of the... Didn't, like, he, the go, didn't he go between two Slavin and the other and the forward on the back check, too? He went between both their legs he on that so track? Good. And then so he dragged, got him to commit, put the puck on one side of the body, slid it through his skates to the other side of the body, yeah. and then two, the Hurricanes ran into each other. And then he went back door to Zvinijad. Just like... Yeah. And he got... So- no, let me ask you this. To me, Zvinich had looked a little surprised, and he kind of muffled that shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a muff shot. I think he was like, holy shit, I didn't think that pass was getting here. It was unbelievable. He yeah. uh, And, like, I would say majority of the season, there's a lot of talks where, like, you know, he wasn't performing what we were accustomed to last year. And I can kind of agree with it, but at the same time, he was still putting up the points, so you weren't, like, whatever. Well, and he I, was also going through with his family. I mean, that's well, that, that, that was la- that was last year, though. But like, he right, just, that's what you said, right? Last yeah, year, yeah, but he, he just hasn't strongest. looked as electric, I guess, this year. Like, oh, I see, I see. I, I still put up last year. Sorry, no, no, no. But he's still putting up the points, whatever. And they talk about how Sidney Crosby can like still put up a point per game, kind of coast through the regular season, and then when playoffs comes, it's kind of a next level, and like not many mm-hmm. people can do that. I tell you what, he just got hurt, which sucks. But I would say the last ten games, Panarin's been like the best player on our team, hands down. And I, he like he's dancing with the puck. He looks way faster. He's he's keeping the turnovers to a minimum. I don't know if he did like the Sidney Crosby where he kind of like he got through the season still putting up over a point per game, and now he's like, okay, now it's time to turn it on for playoffs. But fuck, dude, he is so goddamn good. Like, and you know, I love Marshan. You know, I love Pasternak. I take Panarin over either of those guys. In their Martian, def, definitely over Pasternak. I don't know about Martian. Martian is super talented and he, he plays in all like areas, but fuck, dude. Panarin is he's so fucking electric to watch. I man. think the upside of Panarin's offense is better than Marshawn's, but I think Marshawn's game has evolved 200 feet in sandpaper. Yeah. Where he's got the grit and he can be out there to kill a penalty. Take, True. you know, he's not taking faceoffs, but you know, I'm still probably taking Panarin though, dude. He's so he's a magician. Like the shit that he does, and it's just, I'm glad I kind of got to say that for a little bit because it, it's, it's something I want to talk about. Also, uh, while the Bruins honored longtime rival Guy Laferd the TD Garden with a moment of silent video tribute. Oh, you're chirping the Rangers. So the Rangers didn't even mention uh, Mike Bossy. Just shows <laughs> must lose all class. Come on. <laughs> I like to put these things in to see if you say them. So the Rangers actually, uh, Guy Lafleur, and uh, who who else just passed away? Mike Bossy. Mike Bossy, but the Rangers just had a an award. The John, I think it's John Rattel. Oh yeah, John Rattel. So yeah. I'm just gonna talk about the Rangers right now, just yes, really quick. Yeah. Um, so Chris Kreider won the Steve McDonald Extra Effort Award. This is the award that they hand out <coughs> every year to the player that goes above and beyond. It's named after Detective Stephen McDonald. He got shot a long time ago. was in a wheelchair. Always presented this award. He passed away, and now his son does it. And it's like a super oh, emotional you, thing. You told, me, you told us about that. I, yeah, I Jesper that. Foss won it six times. Hank won it. Uh, Callahan won it a ton. Zuccarello won it. And Chris Kreider won. And they interviewed him. He said that he told uh, – I think it was he. I think he told Stephen that that was the that was the best honor he's had in his hockey career. 
That's so, a crime scene? Yeah, so that's that just kind of goes to show you, like, you know, it means a lot. And then, yes, so they came out with the Mr. Ranger Award, uh, Rod Gilbert, um, who was a Ranger who passed away. They came out with this award for him, and this is the player that exemplifies the best on and off ice stuff, like with the community and shit, and Chris Kreider won that too. So a couple things of hardware for Chris Kreider. I keep throwing the, seeing this idea and I don't think it'll happen, but could you imagine game one playoffs, Madison square garden crowds going nuts. Kreider gets on the ice and he has a C on his Jersey. Do you like, they, they the, unveil it right there? I don't think that they would, but I think that would be awesome. I and, and like I still don't think the Rangers have a captain. Although I will tell you this, Truba and Kreider have gone above and beyond this year. So if either of them are named captain, I can't I'm believe I'm going to say this. Like I'm cool with it, but fuck, dude, could you imagine that? I'm looking at it from their point of view, right? That's a lot to to ask Kreider or Truba, and I don't follow them obviously like you do. I think Truba would probably handle it better than Kreider. It's definitely not going to happen. But can you imagine? No, but it would be it would be a cool moment. But that's a lot to put on a player going into the uh, playoff game at home like that. I think it's just another thing, you know, the routine and the hab, you know. Okay, here's one for you. Let's say the Rangers win the cup. Who goes and grabs the cup? It would be the longest tenured Ranger. He would, he would go longest tenured over everything. Well, then it'd be Crides, I think. Yeah, he's the longest tenured, right? Yeah. I, unless, I, unless if they won the cup and it was like, <laughs> like Barkley Goudreau was the con Smythe and just dominated. The, you just you, you know. love the Barkley Goudreau fucking. <laughs> Listen now, now he left Tampa. I like him. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, dude, just do Boston. It looks like we have Bruins talk right dude, now. Dude, I got a lot of Bruins stuff. All right, yeah, go for it. Go off. So the Bruins made NHL history uh, in a shootout loss to Pittsburgh last Thursday. Their 52 shots on net versus Casey the Smith were fifth all time in a shutout. It was like, great. Thanks for coming. Uh, Pasternak uh, hit the 500 point mark on his career versus the Ranger with two points. He became the third fastest to 500 in Bruins history, but behind Bobby Orr and Ray Bork. Bobby Orr did it in 396 games as a defenseman, and that was when defensemen didn't rush the puck. Talk about changing the game. Good yeah, lord. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. They've also, the Bruins have achieved their 25th. Um, 100-point season, the most among the original any original six team. The close, the next closest, Detroit and Montreal, both have 19 seasons with that. And actually, Bruce Cassidy, if they can secure two more points uh, in the last two games, he is going to be the all-time winningest coach for the seven years to start a tenure with a team, Damn. which is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Uh, all right, so here we go to Bruins. Uh, the only team in the NHL with both goalies that have 20 more wins. Uh, Bergeron, just me you don't have a number one. Okay, keep going. Yeah, you can spin it however you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bergeron passed uh, Ray Bork for fourth all time in goals. He's now sixth behind Middleton. Uh, he's fourth in goals, third in games played, fourth in assists, and fourth in points all time. Bro, how do you defensemen do that? I don't understand that. How defensemen do what? Like Ray Bork's third all time uh, for goals scored on that team. Well, I don't think we'll ever see another defenseman get that many goals. Yeah, I think it's the systems that they play now are much more conservative. Think or, about it. Like, like we don't have a defenseman really putting up 30 goals a fucking year. Like, they put up a lot of points. But Hedman just, I think Hedman just got 20, maybe. That's what I'm saying. When's the, Dude, I, we should look this up. When's the last time a defenseman scored 30? Was it Brent Burns? 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's the systems. Everybody plays very conservative because coaches, <laughs> coaches play now. Coaches coach not to lose their jobs. No, one hundred percent. I just, you know? I just don't think that we'll ever see that again. But all right, cool. Yeah, maybe. Uh, all right. So uh, the the Bruins, uh, they won five of their last six. Their only uh, bad one was the uh, the shutout versus Pittsburgh. Uh, they beat the Rangers of Montreal back to back. And then they uh, beat Florida four to two the, the two nights later. The power play is still over thirty six right now. Yeah, it's. But I will say this against Florida, they had uh, I think their second power play. It finally looked right. Like Pasternak's coughing up the puck. He's missing. He's still I think getting back up to game speed. Marchand <coughs> had a almost. He was in his twelfth game without a goal, and Bergeron found him back across the grain through like three people to get the empty netter. And on the bench, Marshawn was like covering up his face, laughing and everything because they, he, everybody knew what they were doing. Um, and then the Bruins do these awards also. Um, the big one's the seventh player award, which we talked about, you know, and yeah. that hasn't been announced yet. Uh, the three stars, which is by the sports hub, the local radio. So Parsonak, Marshawn, Bergeron, big shocker there. The Elizabeth, the Dufresne trophy, by the pro hockey writers to the uh, player with the most outstanding performance at home, which was pasta, the Johnny Busick award presented by the chief himself to the Bruins with the greatest off ice charitable contribution, Nick Foligno. The That's cool. uh, yeah, it's a nice one. Uh, the and plus Busick still around the team. Bro, here's yeah. the thing. If I ever made it to the NHL, I would make it like a point to win that award. Yeah. Those are the ones you want. Right. You know what I mean? Because the people that are doing that shit, think about it, dude. You you make millions of dollars a year playing hockey, and, and you're going to practice and you're playing games. That, yeah, and on the day off where you can either relax or go get in one with the boys or some shit, you fucking you go help the community. It's insane. Like, yeah. Well, it's like the Walter Payton Man of the Year thing for the it's NFL. Really, it's really yeah. fucking cool, man. I wish I had like a platform where I could do something like that, like or just have like so much money where I could just I don't know. But that's cool. Good for Nick. The last one is the Eddie Shore Award. This one's presented by the Gallery Gods to the player who demonstrates exceptional hustle and determination. Did Eddie Shore slash somebody in the face? Eddie Shore was a fucking savage. Okay. Uh, But that's old-time hockey, like slap shot. You know, they referred to him. So the Gallery Gods was the second balcony in the old garden. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy who formed a club called the Gallery Gods. I, I think his name was Naples. Robert Naples, I believe. Uh, he passed away not too long ago, but it used to be that the gallery gods had a dinner and every Bruins rookie had to go to the dinner. And they used to give the gallery gods club like that section. They used to give them sticks and jerseys and stuff. And that's how this award and the, the guy's son, like those seats in the old garden got handed down generation to generation. Uh, yeah. So it's pretty cool. I've sat, I've sat there in the old garden for games. It's, and cool. it's fun. Uh, but yeah, so Charlie McAvoy won that. Um, the seven player awards coming up and uh, the Masterson, how every team nominates a player. Mm-hmm. The Bruins nominated Jake DeBrusque. Overcoming adversity in the name of hockey. He overcome adversity when he wanted to get traded and now he's starting to skate and giving out effort, I guess. I don't. I don't... I, do you think that's just to increase the trade value? Uh, maybe, or maybe just to get his name out there, or maybe it's a, like toss him a bone. I have no idea. I mean, he, I thought he looked good the other day against the Rangers. Yeah, no, he's playing great. He's skating. I mean, he can skate. He's a good big kid. Um, but that award to me is someone who overcome. I mean, maybe he's going through mental stuff. Maybe that's what it is. But to me, that's someone who comes back from like a like a big setback, injury, or cancer, or you know what I mean. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. 
but whatever. So yeah, so that's it for the Bruins. Uh, they play Buffalo tomorrow night, and then Friday night they play at Toronto to end the year. Okay. And then Monday playoffs. Are you resting, guys? I think with Marshawn scoring last night, they might. But I have a feeling if they're going to rest guys, it's going to be against Buffalo, and they're going to go full tilt on Toronto because <laughs> Toronto's a playoff team. Okay. That's my inclination. I mean, what do I know, right? Uh, but, I mean, that's Cassidy's call. I'm sure the players get to say. Like, I sure I assume he goes to Bergeron or anyone who's nicked up and is like, hey, it's your call, what you want to do here. Yeah, so the Rangers sat a ton of people tonight. So many people, in fact, that I think that there's only one Ranger that can play in all 82 games. Oh, really? Can you guess who that would be? One Ranger that can play in all 82. Is it Goodrow? Uh-uh. Oh. Keandre Miller. Who? Keandre Miller. Oh, I think it was a defenseman, yeah. Well, they, they sat Truba tonight. They sat... Uh, that No, I feel like that has to be Truba's choice. Cry, I don't know. Kreider is a bandage ad they sat. So... Like, a, a lot of guys take pride in that 82 game thing. I guess. I, I read this in the post. Um... Oh, so Larry, Brook, Larry Brooks came out with an article and he was talking about resting players. And they said that a lot of players take pride in it. And I guess they scratched Andrew on the last game of the year. I don't know what year it was, but he was like fucking pissed. Yeah. And like seething mad is what he said. So, so his eyes were even more pins. Yeah. Just fucking <laughs> huge dude. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, that's kind of what we have on bees and Rangers. Right. So yeah. Arizona, Andrew lab thousandth game. Good for him. He he was hurt yeah. there for a little while. Carolina, Chicago, uh, Atlanta, Winnipeg, and the Islanders. I still think of him as a Blackhawk. I think of him as a Hurricane. Yeah. I don't know why, but um, the Coyotes also released their ticket prices for next year. Glass seats, uh, season tickets, fourteen grand per game, three fifty. Center ice, about ten grand, two forty. Uh, Center ice premium seven one seven five per game one seventy five, which is less. I feel like premium should be more. Uh, it, these I mean one forty eight for the time that they shoot on you twice one one forty eight and then one thirty eight for once goal line. Would you want to be on the one thirty eight? You'd want to see the other team shoot. You know, yeah, likely. <laughs> and then the den is eighty nine games. It's a lot of money. We'll see if they fucking do that. It's um, a muni rink. You know what I mean? It's a. I think also they're it's really so banking on. I think they're banking on the location being better because everybody talks about that. How where the their old rink was, the location. That's why people didn't go. Now it's in. So who knows? Hey, and if you're going to Arizona State, it's not like you don't have mommy and daddy's money. Like you're probably. No, I don't even mean it that way. I mean for the people like if I lived there and I was a, a hockey fan and that was my team, and I had to go sit on a fucking bench for a hundred and fifty dollars a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, if it was the Rangers, I would do that. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Connor McDavid, new personal best, 122 points in two games left to play. Not a lot of people are talking about that. Mike Smith has been on a tear, 9-0 and with 1.75 goals against, 949 save percentage, going on with two shutouts. This is, I mean, this. you say this is the Mike Smith that they needed. There's no way he does this in the playoffs. The Oilers are never going to go anywhere if they don't have a fucking goalie. This guy's not. I just like the fact that Mike Smith turned 40 and all of a sudden he was like, I'm going to throw it in overdrive. Let's go. Yeah. And like he was cool. He he always could handle the puck. Like he was awesome on the Coyotes. I'm just over this guy. 
Oh, hey, speaking of Mike Smith, I forgot to mention this. Uh, last night's game against Florida, the Bruins, was it last night? Yeah, last night. They pulled the goalie, right? Mm-hmm. So, Marshawn, they wanted to get him the puck. They were trying to get uh, – Pasternak was trying to get one because he's, I think, one away from 40. I think he's sitting at 39 right now. Fucking Omar took a shot at it. <laughs> yeah, he took it, it – they, they corralled it uh, right around the red line. But uh, after the game – when they come up and they, you know, they show the all the players. Marshawn was like, "I saw you, I saw you," and Allmark was laughing. You might as well, right? I thought that was yeah. great. Sorry, I, I, it, it's nice to have goalies that can handle the puck. Hank was never like that. Igor, whenever he gets a puck and there's an empty net, he's going to try to do it. I yeah, I think it's awesome. I, I think it's awesome. I, I hope he does it in the playoffs. It's not against Bruins. Uh, Austin Matthews. Oh wait, so, uh, historic. Oh, right, right, right. So this thing. So. TSN put out a thing with historic pairs from the same team. Okay. So like McDavid and Gretzky. Okay. Austin Matthews and Doug Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Right? Patrice Berger and Bobby Orr. Like, mm-hmm. who would be your best pair? It had to be McDavid and Gretzky, right? Yeah, dude. Gretzky was the best player to ever play hockey. Hey. And McDavid's probably the best. Well, yeah. 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 But it's, it was interesting. It'd be tough. It would be, dude. It, I would pay big money to watch in their prime, like a maybe a three on three tournament where you had three. McDavid, Gretzky, and who was on the Oilers? Like, and Fear would be the goalie, right? No, no, no. Def- defense. Give me defenseman. Coffee. Okay. Against Mario, Sid, and then who would be on defense for Pittsburgh? Didn't Larry Robinson play for Pittsburgh? I don't know, but holy fuck, that would be something to watch. Yeah, Mario and Sid were another pair. Yeah. Well, then with that way, then you look at it and you go, all right, so then it's Bergeron. Do you go Bergeron, Bobby Orr, and Ray Bork? Bork? Yeah. And Bobby Orr is like a, like a rover. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I th- you probably have to call him up. <laughs> you're over, right? So you need a current player and then two legends. So it would be Panarin. Could, I mean, you could Panarin. probably make it, you could probably bracket the years out. Panarin, Messier, and Leach, probably. Panarin, Messier, and Leach. Oh, that's good, too. It's not bad. Eiserman, Eiserman, Fedorov, and, 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 and Larkin. Lidstrom. Oh, no, give him uh, give him cider running around croaking people. Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be fucking, that'd be sick. Um, it was just an interesting thing that they did. Yeah, yeah for sure. Austin Matthews joins Alex Ovechkin and Steve Stamkos as the only players to score 60 goals in a season during the salary cap era. Guy can score fucking goals. I'll tell you what, if he, if he wins a cup, it's hard to say that he's not going to go down as one of the best American players of all time. Did Probably will anyway. See, but Did you see the thing? Uh, Alex Kalorn has this, like, video thing. With Steve Stamkos. And Stamkos, like, three years ago, they were like, who do you think could score 60? And he was like, Austin Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, game no game. Yeah. <clears throat> uh... <laughs> You like this? Yeah, it's uh, so Messier made a guarantee in '94. Uh, Charles Barkley, he loves hockey. He publicly stated, "I'm guaranteeing that the Maple Leafs are are gonna win a series this year. Are going to?" Yeah, so he said, "I'm I'm guaranteeing the Maple Leafs are gonna win a series this year." Do you guys know who you're playing yet? I think it's Carolina. He thinks that they're gonna be Tampa. What wow. a fucking series! Well, think of it this way. From Charles Barkley's point of view, the, the NHL love him, right? They love him when he pops in on TNT and everything. You know he's getting the back for all that, all his appearances and stuff. He's great. There is no downside to him saying something like this wildly because it gets people talking, gets his name out there. And if he's right, 
he's gonna if if somehow Toronto wins the cup after this, he'll be at the parade in a jersey. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if he's wrong, he can go. What do I know about hockey? Yeah, exactly. Right. There's no lose for him. Yeah. <laughs> no, makes sense. Yeah. Um, Florida, after clinching the number one seed in the East, they set uh, the record for goals and salary cap error with 322 on the season with four games left to play. They also had a franchise best 13 wins in a row before losing to Tampa on Sunday, eight to four. That game got heated. Yeah. Uh, fuck, man. There's a it's lot cool. of bad. There's a lot of nasty between those two teams. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you are probably, who did you say you were going to play? If it was right now, Carolina. And are Florida sure? played Washington. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. I, I fucking, I want a Florida-Tampa series so bad. I know, I know. I wonder if well, it would we, work. I wonder the if it only would way work. Florida and Tampa play is if both our teams get knocked out. <laughs> it, oh, really? That kind of sucks. I think so. It would be yeah. the Eastern Conference Final. Dude, hey, right are we gonna do? Are we gonna do a morning skate bracket for all the all the writers? Yeah, we could definitely do that. Yeah, I think should. I'm actually I trying to get tickets to the game too. Nice in the process, so we'll see. Dude, do you know? Oh my god! All right, we're gonna go tangent here. When the Bruins were hosting the Rangers, was that last Saturday? Yeah. Friday night for about an hour, I thought I had four tickets handed to me, and I so we had. Two of us were talking. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I got to reach out to Ked. And they're like, I would have gone. I'm like, he's only three hours away. If he gets in the gone. car within the next 40 minutes, he'll be here by like 1 a.m. We can have some beers and sleep over and go to the game. I 1000% would have done that. I knew you would have. And so we were going back and forth. And then he called me back. He's like, we don't have the tickets. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> it was like 40 minutes. Let's make it yeah. a, let's make it a point next year to go to Rangers Bruins game. Yeah, we do one we do a home and home series. That'd be sick. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh the Hershey Bears uh did you see this last, video? I don't know, I think I did. For the last All home right. game of the season versus Syracuse Crunch. Oh yeah, the Bears had Dallas Cowboy linebacker and defensive rookie of the year, local boy from Harrisburg, Mika Parsons out to drop the ceremonial puck. He had no idea what was going on, and he just dropped it before anybody got there. Went to walk away. They're like, "No, you got to do it again." The best is he dropped it. He's like, "That's it, right?" <laughs> I just guy makes millions of dollars a year. Well, the and the flip side of that was I saw the video today of the the actor who played Shooter McGavin. Yeah, coming out for I don't remember which AHL team that was. Guns that blazing. Been, who was it? He was coming out guns blazing. Yeah, he did the leg kick and everything. That was pretty good. I mean, talk about two different two polar opposites. He's a showman. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Steve Stamkos passes Marty St. Louis for most points in Tampa Bay history. Uh, how do you do it? Uh, one drop down to a knee, one timer from power play circle. I mean. How else, right? That's crazy that he's put up that many points. Yeah. Matthew Chuck hits a century mark for the first time in his career. I told Hal that earlier today, and he was like, Chuck has 100 points. And I was like, yeah, and nobody's talking about it. Yeah. That's a super, that's a super, he's a superstar. Yeah, 100%. Insane. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau with 111 points past jo Joey Mullen for the second highest season point total in franchise history. Kent Nielsen has 131. Joey Mullen was on the podcast. He won a couple cups. First American to score 500 goals, I think. So shout out to him. Not a big deal. Well, the uh, first American to score 50 was also on the podcast. Yeah. So there that's you what go. That's what we do. That's it. Uh, Anze Kopitar had 700 assists for his career in 1,209 games played. Uh, he's currently 365, 701 for 1066. Uh, hell of a player. 
another yeah. foot center that I don't think gets everybody fucking sucks off Bergeron. Kopitar's right up there. Yeah, yeah. He's there every year. Yep. Robin Leonard will undergo season-ending shoulder surgery. This was weird. So like this report came out, and then they interviewed Pete DeBoer. And he's like, no, he's going to be around next game. And then right. I don't know. Jack Eichel won out of Buffalo for not making the playoffs. Has gone zero zero and zero, and is a negative two. And the team's last four must-win games to make playoffs. Uh, Dude, Preston is like on the edge, like a gargoyle, waiting to send a tweet about uh, yeah. about uh, Vegas and Jack Eichel. It's funny because everybody hates the Knights, and this is something Hal told me too. And he's like, "I just want to remind everybody that I was the first one to hate the Knights before it got cool." Hal was like, true. Hal had. I remember having the conversation with Hal, and he said. Flat out, I'm like, why, dude? Why do you hate them? They're all the cast-offs of all the other teams. He goes, they haven't suffered enough. And it was like, you couldn't argue with it. I was yeah. like, you're right. They really haven't. Yeah. Hey, before we do Gila Fleur, do you want to do the NHLPA stuff? Uh, yeah. Gila yeah, yeah. Last? So if you scroll where... down, you'll see it. It's okay. So on ice question. Yeah. So if you need one game, who's the goalie you'd want on your well, team? This was, the, this was the NHLPA poll that uh, – over 500 players voted on its annual thing, and they compile all the answers and release. Bro, them. how is Shesterkin not here? He's going to win the Vesna. I know it's. Well, I don't know when they took this poll. So, if you need to win one game, who's the goalie you want on your team? Vasilevsky's first, 37.4, and then you got Carey Price, Mark Andre Fleury, John Gibson, uh, yeah. Jacob Markstra, Jonathan Quick, and UC Saros tied for fifth. Uh, if you need to win one game, who's a skater do you want on your team? McDavid, 42%. Sid the Kid, 17 Victor Hedman, 6 Barkov, 3.5. And McKinnon, 3.3. Best stick handler, Patty Kane, 57.3. McDavid's a 22.8. Then you got McKinnon, Barkov, and Gaudreau. Matthews tied for fifth. So the stick handler question, that's the biggest percentage out of every question. <coughs> That'll Patrick Kane. Yeah. That'll be Best But then Pat- now with Patrick Kane not on the question prior, if you need someone to need to win the game. Right? It makes no sense. Go ahead. Sorry. Best passer, Dreisaitl, 17.7. Then you got Kane, Baxter, McDavid, Kucherov. Zuccarello should be on that list. Uh, which player do you wish you could shoot like? Ovechkin, 53%. Then Matthews, Line A, Pasternak, and then Stamkos, Kucherov. Most complete player, Sidney Crosby. Uh, and then Barkov, Bergeron, McDavid, Kopitar. Which NHL arena has the best ice? The Bell Center, the Canadians, and then Rogers plays. Oilers, Jets. Uh, Vegas and Mini, and then the Garden sixth. The real Vegas Garden surprising, right? That, yeah, that, you know they do a yeah. good job. Newest uh, building, though, maybe. That's the real Garden number. That's Madison Square Garden. <laughs> uh, which player do you least like playing against? But like on your team, Brad Marchand, twenty six, McDavid, Wilson, Hedman, McKinnon. Who is the best current women's hockey player? Marie Philip Poulin, uh, forty three point two, and then Hillary Knight, Amanda Kessel, Kendall Cole, and Schofield, and Sarah Nurse. Off ice questions. Where's the best NHL road city? Vegas, New York, Fort Lauderdale, LA, and Nashville. Fort Lauderdale? Seriously? Pretty it's got to be for golf, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, which NHL player can make it in another sport? Pavelski, Anders Lee, Chara, Greg McKegg with golf. Uh, Pavelski was also golf. Anders Lee's football, but he could have played football at Notre Dame, so that makes sense. Yeah. And then Clean Keller golf, Brady Shea golf, and then Ryan Reeves football, Gustav Nyquist, and uh, Lafferty for golf. Uh, which NHL player has the best hockey here? Cody Eakin, eight point nine. Carlson, Carlson, Merrill Tanev. Which any player? Which player's best follow on social media? Subban, Matthews, Marshan, Huberto. 
NHL is the best role model. Crosby, Bergeron, McDavid, Fleury. And then which non-NHL athlete would you like to trade places with for a day? Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, LeBron James, Roger Federer, and Cristiano Ronaldo. I feel like the Ronaldo's got to be because of the Euros in the league. Has to be. Plus that, yeah, but that guy lives the fucking life, man. Yeah, true. Uh, last thing NHL in the news, sad news. Guy Lafleur passed away at the age of 70. Five-time Stanley Cup champ, played 17 seasons in the NHL, predominantly with Montreal. He played a year in uh, New York and two with the Nordiques. Uh, 560 goals, 793 assists for 1,353 points and 1,126 games played. He ended his career with a plus 452 with That's 399 times. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, he also turned in a 58-76, 134 points and 128 pl- games played in the playoffs clutch. Uh, won the Lester B. Pearson Trophy three times. It's the NHL's outstanding player voted by the NHLPA. The Art Ross three times, regular season scoring leader. And the uh, the Hart Memorial Trophy twice. That's NHL MVP. The Conn Smythe once, playoff NHL uh, playoff MVP. He is also the all-time leader in points for Montreal and was the fifth player to have his number retired 10 by the team. He was, went to the Hall of Fame in 1988 and is one of only three players in NHL history to come to have a comeback to the NHL after being in the Hall of Fame. That's Gordie Howe and Mario Lemieux. Before this season, the Q made the decision to retire as number four. Now, here are some things that were said around the league. Do you want to do this part? Sure. Uh, so, Marty Brodeur, uh, quote, so sad to hear the passing of the legendary Guy Lafleur. He was one of my heroes growing up. I always pretended to be him when I was playing street hockey, a true legend of the game, and an even better person. Lanny McDonald, uh, flame legend, Quote, that smile was ever present, both on and off the ice, and it tells you everything you need to know about him. The passion, the professionalism, and the absolute love of the game is what made him so legendary. He loved life and lived large. That smile welcomed you into his world. He was admired by everyone, especially me. Rest easy, flower, you are already missed. Shane Corson. Now, Shane Corson was not the same type of player as Guy Lafleur. Mm-hmm. Right? Very different. And I just think that speaks to this, you know, that they weren't like, you know, the skill guys and the rough guys, you know. Uh, quote, when I first came to Montreal, you took me under your wing and made me feel comfortable. We grew close over the years, and you were such a superstar and yet an even better person. Flower, you always be an idol and a hero to me. Uh, Haley Wickenheiser, quote, another great gone too soon. I feel fortunate to have skated alongside Guy a few times. Lovely man, incredible player. The great one. We lost two hockey legends this week. It was an honor to play with both, referring to Bossy as well. Uh, fans have been laying flowers at the statue of Lafleur outside the Bell Center. One note that was left, quote, thank you, Guy. When I was little, my father didn't read me fairy tales before going to sleep. He told me about the exploits of Guy Lafleur. Rest Legend. In Legend. That's like one of the Chuck Norris things, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, this one I thought was big, and I mentioned this. I wrote a blog about uh, the Bruins Montreal when the Bruins were up there, and I think it was fitting that they did it against the Bruins, you know, the longtime rivals and everything. Just a weird thing on the schedule, how that plays out, you know. Um, Patrick Waugh said he hopes the NHL teams won't so much offer a moment of silence in honor of Lafleur as raise the roof with an ovation he deserves for the thrills he provided. Uh, Waugh's Quebec Ramparts had a tribute video during pregame and was met with a thunderous salute. Uh, you want me to just keep going? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, the Canadians held a ceremony honoring Lafleur prior to their game versus Boston this past Sunday night where they showed videos they played them on the Jumbotron, but then also showed them on the ice. And what they would do is they would rotate it. So it was like two pictures facing opposite ways in each half, right? So everybody could not have to look, turning their heads. And yeah. then they shifted them 90 degrees so the people on the ends. It was just thoughtful, you know? 
Um, so they played those on the ice and on the Jumbotron. They had former teammates behind the Montreal bench, and the fans gave a 10-plus minute standing <laughs> ovation. It was crazy. The team also stripped the boards of all ads and only had LaFleur's signature number and his birth and death years displayed along the wall. The team also announced that uh, May 1st and 2nd, LaFleur will be uh, lying in state at the Bell Center. And then on May 3rd, there will be a national funeral at Mary Queen of the World Cathedral. This church is the seat of the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Montreal and is located downtown. Dude, what a fucking legend, man. Yeah. Everyone says, even the people that like, so I was looking at some like longtime writers, hockey writers, Boston guys, and all their stuff they were saying is that even though the Canadians ripped the heart out of the Bruins back in his heyday, you st you still respect him. It wasn't like, you know, like we're always like, oh, I fucking hate Kucherov or something like that. You like know, on, dude. yeah, yeah, the way, yeah, the way he carries up. And, and that's all the stuff like, so. All we talk about that stuff that happens in sports all the time. So it was the Gila Fleur night against the Bruins, mm -hmm. right? Which is just a schedule. Yeah. Bergeron, who's a local kid, grew up there, idolized LaFleur. Of course, he scores the goal to pass Ray Bork at the Bell Center. Yeah. That game. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah, it's a shame, you know, to see this. And it's, unfortunately, the guys I grew up watching, this is going to start to happen. You know, like, I, I remember Bossy. I remember LaFleur. Not as vividly, you know, there's a little, I was still a little too young. Yeah. But, you know, time gets everybody. So, yeah. rest in peace, Flower. Rest in peace, Mike Bossy. Yeah. <sighs> All right, that was heavy. Well, yeah. hey, 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 time to get the fucking puck deep and change and fucking let's get the fuck off the ice. Dump and change. Uh, Brownie. Oh, yeah, you're still up, bud. What, what do we got for dump and change? All week? right, so dump and change. The big news, Elon Musk bought Twitter for a reported $44 billion, with a B dollars, which That's is nuts. Nice. Yeah, fuck that. Good, good for him. Thank God he has uh, money. Mike Tyson, did you see this video? Did you see this? Or no? Uh, Yes, so Mike, I did do this, but really quick, the Elon Musk thing, he made a deal oh. with, I forget who, it might have been, might have been NATO, I forget who the fuck it was, but essentially he said, if you pay, uh, I could, what the fuck, if you could come up with a plan that could help end world hunger or whatever, I'll pay for whatever it is, and they gave him the plan, and then he just never paid it. So Elon Musk, I did see this Mike Tyson video. This guy's a fucking idiot. He deserved so absolutely Mike everything Tyson. that happened to him. And like, dude, you can't even fault him for that. But no. that, that's the thing. Like you have all these people that think that they can do that. Like, oh, you can't touch me. Well, you want to know what? Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the fucking mouth. And that's a Mike Tyson quote right there. Yeah, well, there's okay, another Mike Tyson quote in here. High up uh, the bow. So Mike Tyson was on his way home from a 420 celebration on a plane to Florida last Wednesday when he tried to ignore a drunk passenger who kept at him until Tyson finally was sitting behind him. Uh, the guy was sitting behind him. Tyson got up, turned around, and landed six, eight shots to the guy's he was, face. And he wasn't even like, he was fucking with him. Like, if you want oh, yeah, to. He was, no, it wasn't like, hey, can I have an autograph? He was poking. I mean, it was, yeah. He, well, he yeah, got what he, I, yeah, he got what he deserved. But I'm saying that Tyson could have went way harder than that. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's what I'm saying. If that guy, like, yeah. Well, the funny thing was the quote from Tyson years ago, social media made you all way too comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it. Well, not that guy. <laughs> yeah, dude, fuck that guy. Yeah, 100%. Fuck hey, that. so 
Do you know what a, a Sadie's sandwich is from Binghamton, New York? Not a clue. So Binghamton's probably like two hours away. Oh, see, I hear upstate New York. I think you guys are all right next to each other. No, uh, like in, no, no, not really. So they're, like, they're more central. So apparently in Binghamton, New York, there's a sandwich called a Sadie sandwich. Okay. And it's the best meat sandwich on the planet. Like it's at the point reading this article that I want to go there to try it. It's marinated meat grilled hey, 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 in a sweet roll. So I know the guy who runs a hockey tournament, a pond hockey tournament every year in Binghamton. You should reach out to him and ask him about that sandwich. And yes, well, we should do a team. We, maybe we get a morning skate, morning skate team together. Yeah. Could be fun. But ask him about the sandwich. All right. All right. Uh, heavyweight champ Tyson Fury defeated his unde- retained his undefeated status with a TKO in the sixth, Dillian White. But of course, in today's world, White says that Fury cheated by pushing him prior to the landing an uppercut that dropped him. White was out on his feet, and the push I saw it, it was nothing. Um, after the fight, Fury talked about retiring, say this might be the final curtain for the Gypsy King, which is what he calls himself. Why is he called the Gypsy King? I don't know. I think he's, I believe he's. Is he English or Irish? I'm not sure. He's from so, the United Kingdom. So in Peaky Blinders, they have gypsies. I just don't really know what a fucking gypsy is. To me, a gypsy well, is like a nomad. Well, the gypsies, like, why is that a thing? The gypsies are are uh oh, we I might get fucking roasted for this. Let's not gypsies, let's not do it because the Mia Culpa okay. next week will be for Fred. I can Google well, it. Have you ever seen the movie Snatch with Brad no, Pitt? No. Oh, it's a great film. Guy Ritchie film. You'd like it. Okay. But 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 so he plays like a they call them gypsies. They're like Irish, like hillbillies. And I wonder if that's where Tyson Fury, that's why he's referring himself to the Gypsy King that way. Fair enough. Well, anyways, Tyson Fury, if he does go out, if he does retire, he'll go out with a record of 32-0-1 with the only blemish on his record uh, being a split decision draw in his very first fight to Deontay Wilder in 2019. Fury went on to beat Wilder two times after that. He seems like um, a cool dude. Yeah, and he sings after he, after his wins. And, stuff. He just, he, and I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he like battle drugs? I'm pretty sure he was like, yeah, I believe, or a drink maybe, I'm something sure. like that. But he like did some shit and like, dude, heavyweight champ of the world. Have you seen? Speaking of guys that drink and sing and stuff, after have you seen the UFC guy, the big? I think he's Samoan who chugs a beer out of a shoe. Oh yeah, he wins. I like that guy. <laughs> uh, we talked about Tony Hawk. All right, this one, this is the craziest story, dude. A company named Colossal has clearly never seen Jurassic Park as they aim to reintroduce woolly mammoths to the Siberian tundra. No. Yo, dude, they have fucking. Uh, they plan to introduce the mammoth due to uh, using the DNA of an Asian elephant, which is the closest living animal to it, and create a mammophant. The reason, besides the bad scientist theme park angle, is to combat the moss that is overtaking the melting tundra, and it's killing all the oxygen that grass and trees would give off. Um, the theory is that the mammoths, they plan on introducing thousands of these beasts, will destroy the moss and trees, giving way to grasslands to help with oxygen production, and their their poop will help provide fertilizer. Their timeline is six years, and there is already they've already cloned an extinct black-footed ferret. I'm so out on this. Do you know how this, big mammoths are? This is, and, and also, like, we just had COVID. Like something like what you're telling me that if we fucking make a fake woolly mammoth, that something awful couldn't happen with that. Oh yeah, for sure. Bird flu, woolly mammoth flu. 
Part of me thinks it's insanity and this will never happen. And you're just fucking with like, dude, you're just fucking with the bad juju doing that well, shit. A, stuff big, that, like, a big part of me would really like this to happen because I think it would be fantastic. It would be unbelievable. Because yeah. it's going to go wrong and that this will get us one step closer to the inevitable zombie apocalypse that I've been preparing for for years. Yeah, bro. I just, I don't know, man. Like, what happens if they crush it and then they realize, holy fuck, we can really... Well, in theory, right? If they're trapped in the Siberian tundra, they can't leave there. Here's one for you. Like, let's just say this happens where uh, they do clone dinosaurs and they bring dinosaurs back. And no, they no, no. Do... We're only talking about wooly mammoths, a specific yeah. one. I get that, but let's say they oh, the slippery it. slope, right? Let's yeah. say it crushes and they're like, oh fuck, look at what we can do with this. Yeah. And they and they do make a legitimate Jurassic Park. Okay. Do you go? If and, they, and how much would those tickets be? If there was a Jurassic Park, no offense to you or most of our listeners, or probably all of our listeners, none of us are gonna be able to afford to get in. No. I get that, but it's a one. It's going to be like Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, and the fucking Amazon guy riding around on woolly mammoths fighting dinosaurs, <laughs> just tweeting out their whole fucking day. Yeah, like, it's all going to be. Bro, Jeff Bezos is going to be like, I just fucked the Stegosaurus. Bro, me. how fucking cool would that be, though? Yeah, I think it would be cool, but it, it always fails. Always. You, but I just I don't like that they're they're fucking with some weird shit there. I think, but yeah. So there you go. There's our uh, dump and change. And we did Rangers and Bruins roundup beer league. Beer league, bro. I got hurt pretty bad at the gym last week. Uh, I fucked my back up bad. Like I couldn't well, move. For, like, with your back, man. I couldn't move for like three days. It's finally just feeling good. Like I can get up without like having to crawl and like use like my arms. Um, but fuck, that sucked. Before that, I'm still playing. Uh, doing like uh, squat lunges with dumbbells. I, I put up too much weight, and the I dude, I felt it like get long, and then just like kind of just release. And I was like, okay, that went away. And then it was like the most excruciating pain ever. So I'm gonna give you two words that you're gonna need as you get older and try to continue to play active sports and a lifestyle. Two okay. words for you. Yeah. Tiger bomb. Tiger tiger bomb. I thought it was gonna be like stretch and sleep. No. no. The older, get, the older you get and you play hockey, the more you hear Velcro wraps and sleeves yeah. in the locker room and the more guys smell like Tiger Bomb. Like, I can tell you, if I close my eye, if you put me in a locker room of the three teams I skate on, yeah, and I and you said, you got to guess which team you are, no one's saying anything. Just by scent, I would be able to tell which, which team I'm on. By scent and sound of Velcro and straps. That's fair. Yeah. So. That's fair. Um, I had a fight. I don't, I think it was last week or the week before I had a sick shot and the goalie had like a GoPro or whatever. And I got, mm. the, I got the footage of it. Oh, how's it look? Dude. I thought I was a way better hockey player, man. Like, <laughs> like, I thought I was like, I don't know. It just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't at so all. So you're not right putting now. it out on socials? Is oh, saying? no. I mean, it was a sick shot. Like there were a couple of plays there, but like, holy fuck. Can you I, get it to Kenton and he can speed it up and then well, you can put it's, it out? It's not even that, dude. I just do a lot of gliding. Like, I don't really move that much. And I think it's because I just started skating again and I'm not, like, in shape to just be wheeling up and down the ice. I'm really just trying to, like, pick my moments to, like, get yeah. after it. But fuck, dude. A lot well, of gliding. Pickup, right? so it's pickup, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, it's pickup. Yeah. But, like, so much where if I was a coach and, like, I was watching that, I'd be like, you are not, absolutely not playing. Like, I, I couldn't have been more Jake DeBrusque if I tried. 
If, if the puck if puck went to me, fuck yeah, dude. Let's turn on the Jets. If it's nowhere near me, dude, I come coasting in. I'm just trying to find fucking open space. Can I see the video? Can you send me the video? <laughs> dude, it's fucked up. And then, like, <laughs> I always say this, and it pisses people off. People see it, like, if we're in the D zone, we have the puck, I leave a little bit early. And then I'll, like, kind of swoop around by the far blue, and the D always chirp me. He's like, oh, you're fucking hanging. And I always look, and I'm like, nah, dude, I'm just spreading the ice. And that's all I always say. I'm spreading no, the ice. Hanging, yeah. Bro, I spread the ice like yeah. nobody's ever spread the ice before, according to this video. God. So, uh, yeah, that's what I have for beer league. What do you got? Uh, my beer league is every, all the leagues are done. Just to, I, I played a pickup game. I played a really – uh gentleman's game pickup game because I haven't skated in a long time and I didn't want to get out there and have some kid fucking going hard and me having a two-hand. So I just was like, yep, yeah. I just did a lot of floating. Try to get my legs going. Uh we have to ramp up though because we have that's we have the Zoom meeting tomorrow night, the big trip to Toronto coming. So that's gonna be sick. Yeah. So that's gonna be sick. That'll be I'll need to watch that film and fast forward. Yeah. Fuck man. <laughs> Uh, that's what we have for Beerly Roundup. Now we're going to get into Dom Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Hey fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. All right, Dom Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Uh, I did not come prepared for this. Okay. I would say, though, Hero of the Week, it's going to sound soft, but a man's, man's best friend. Uh, dude, working from home has its perks. Uh essentially like i get all my work done as fast as i can and once it's done like i have a lot of time to kind of hang out and like watch like fucking yes or like i just i i don't know i fucking get my work done like it's one of those things where like if you if you start working i don't stop until it's done kind of thing people it's been reported that a lot of people are more efficient at home than the office because you don't have all the distractions of the bullshit with other people you just get your work done crazy yeah. so i i do the work and then i turn on the michael k show because i'm trying to fi- follow baseball a little bit more this summer and dude i hang out my dog all day and let me tell you what i get up every morning well let's say i get up around seven get to the gym 7 30 back 8 30 8 45 from the moment i get home till about like 3 30 in the afternoon my dog is sleeping like she just passes out like on the couch like a human just like on her back fucking pausing dude, there dogs like, will sleep 23 hours a day if you love them I'm like, bro, what a fucking life you live. And then every day around like fucking five o'clock, I'm normally laying on the couch, my laptop. She comes running over, jumps on the end of the couch and then just fucking attacks me every day at five o'clock. That's like her thing. But dude, I fucking, I love it. It's, it's great. Like, it's really not bad at all. What's your dog's Uh, name? Stevie after Stevie Nicks. She's she's a princess. So, um, here the week, probably that. And then, Zero of the week. Oh man, I kind of had like a parenting type moment. Uh-huh. Uh, so a couple days ago, I'm chilling at the house. I'm still at the house. I get my apartment in June, but my dude, my mom comes home like every day around the same time, and she always sends a text. If she's not like, she doesn't go out. Like she goes to work. She comes home. That's what she does. She lives a simple life. She has a horse. Like whatever. She's a so, horse. <clears throat> yeah, we got a horse. Cool. So around nine o'clock, I walk out and nobody's home still. I'm like, what the fuck? She hasn't called, texted. So I call and text her. She's not picking up. So I call my aunts. I'm like, hey, have you heard from my mom? Nobody's heard from her, dude. And like, she always calls and texts first, whatever. So at work this week, she had a rough week because there was all these things going on. But then her and her boss and one of her friends decided to go out, but she like didn't tell anybody. So 
I had to fucking go pick my mom up at the bar like 10 30 at night, hammered. She never does this shit. <laughs> Ever. For her. She's she's a frontline worker. I was dude. so was so happy for her, but the, the lack of text, dude, it was so serious. Like we all thought she like died. Like my uncle was gonna call the cops and put out a missing report because like she she never does that. It was crazy, Brownie. It was fucked up, man. So my dear, you give her the old uh listen, mom, you can go out, but you need yeah, to let me dude, know. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I felt like a fucking parent. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Fuck. So that would uh that was that was definitely my zero of the week. <laughs> so wait, your zero is the feeling or your zero is your mom? No, my mom can never be the zero, but just like having to parent, dude. Like yeah. what? Oh, hey, yeah, it sucks, man. But the, but the thing is, like, I had a ton of friends like growing up in high school that their parents wouldn't let them go anywhere, like parties that have to sneak out and like do all this shit. Dude, my parents were always cool with me because I always told them where I was gonna be. Like there was never a fucking point where I couldn't like go out on a Friday night. Dude, I could leave my house at, like two o'clock in the morning if I wanted to. As long as like you hit her with the uh, mom, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Quite literally. So like I'm like I'm like motherfucker. The next day when she's dude, I'm like <laughs> like are you kidding me? Like I never did that. Like what is going on? So yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I feel bad for your mom now. Uh, my hero is uh, Jacob Zaboral, who's back skating after four months off. Uh, with his ACL injury, the 25-year-old defenseman of the Bruins. Back skating the other night, uh, the other day, before practice, he I don't think he went very long. I think he did like seven minutes, they said. But the video, he looked like his head was going to split in half with his smile. So oh, yeah. happy to be out there. And the, and the funny thing was, is he was getting dressed because he skated before practice. And he's like, none of my pads fit. And... Uh, Poshnok was in the locker room taping a stick. He goes, yeah, you fat bastard. You put on 10 pounds or something like that. <laughs> Just chirping him. It was great. Great to see. Love so my zero, I have two. Oh, boy. One is worse than the other. All right. I'm listening. My zero. Keep going. I'm listening. My zeros are us. You and me. Why? So I reached out to Kenton today because I have Kenton's phone number also. Okay. And I asked him to send over our playoff predictions. Okay. And they are ugly, buddy. They're not great. I don't remember the guy's name, but when we posted the graphics. Some guy tweeted at us and goes, what did you guys put? pick these out of a hat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and to whoever that guy is, if you're listening, touche, sir. Well done. It was that bad? Mine was worse than yours. Um, so you got out of the 16 teams, you got 12. That's pretty good. That's really good. Yeah, I know. I'm just dragging you down with me. I only got nine. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, still more than half. Still above half. Yeah, it's still about 500. It wasn't the one that we missed. It's the ones that we thought were going to be in. That uh, yeah, dude, it's the Golden Knights for me. I had we, the Knights, the Black. We both Hawks, had Knights. Knights, uh, the Islanders. So we both had the Islanders. We both had the Knights. We I think both? for some stupid reason, I had fucking, uh, I probably had Winnipeg and I probably we both had, had Winnipeg. And I probably, that's well, the that's, only four you missed. That's three Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Vegas, Chicago, and the Islanders. Chicago, yeah. Those are the four you missed. Mine really sting because I had not only Chicago, Winnipeg, Vegas, and the Islanders, but then just to double down, I also had Montreal, Vancouver, and Seattle. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That'll so that's it. my zero. Not really you, more me. Okay, fair enough. I appreciate fair that. Enough. I love how you tried to sneak me in there with you. Yeah, I, I like, no, I'm fine. I'll go to the trenches. Let's do the thing. <laughs> you go, we go. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then you have another zero, right? No, that was it. Yeah. Oh, that was fuck. It. The two it was you and me. Oh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right. Three stars. Here we go. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. All right, here we go. This is going to be a good one. Uh, Elon Musk bought Twitter for $44 billion. So three stars of the week. What are what would you buy? Three things you'd buy with $44 billion. And we said not hockey teams because that's easily – like I'm going to buy the Bruins. You're going to buy the Rangers. 100%. So. Um. My third star, a water park. I don't think a water park is like more than a million dollars. No, I know, but that, like, I'm just, dude. Yeah, you could probably buy Disney World for $44 billion. Yeah, but like a sick water park. Like a, like a, you I, can own Disney is what I'm saying. Yeah, but bro, I could also. I don't think have you a, understand how much money forty four. I can have a one hundred. Yeah, but I could have like a two hundred, like acre, fucking mile lazy river, dude. Yeah, for probably like three million dollars. I, I don't know. Well, water park. That's my third star. Chirp me all you want. There's I'm nothing better than a water park. park. <laughs> my wave pool would actually be the ocean. <laughs> I'm looking up. Hold on. Worth of. Walt Disney World. Can I say like how much would it cost to buy? Uh, yeah. So, oh, that's just the property value. So the property value of the Cal of Disneyland is one point three billion. Yeah, there you go, Disneyland, but in a water park. There you go. All right. So my number three star because I'm like I should probably do something good with this and not be a selfish shit. So I was thinking I could buy. I'm not calling you a selfish shit. I'm bro, I, about- yeah, but bro, I didn't even think about doing that. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a full-time parent, not a part-time parent like you. So I thought the biggest way I could have an impact, well, my original thought, because I said that I was talking about this with my wife, I go, I could just buy like a senator. And she's like, you can't just <laughs> I'm like, with that kind of money, I could, I could probably buy like the majority and the minority leaders, and I could just push shit through that I wanted. So with that as my starting off point, which is probably not a great <laughs> idea, I could buy the biggest, baddest fucking lobbyist firm on the planet. And I could finance them to have my hands up the ass, controlling the mouth of many, many, many lawmakers. Yeah. Not or the other thing I said, I'd go with $44 billion. I bet I could buy my way onto the Supreme Court as a justice. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I also take back my first answer. Instead of a water park, I'm I'm doing Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. How fucking cool would that be, dude? And yeah, oh my god, it only let in people that make like less than fifty grand. Yeah, a year. dude. Yeah, Fuck the common yeah. the commoners. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah. like you you know, don't Pigeon Park. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll let the fucking peasants in, dude. But here's yeah. the thing: fucking T Rex eats a peasant. Way better lawsuit for you than if a rich person got ate. Probably easier to cover it up. So I'm saying. So I, there you go. That, right. that turned out being pretty good. My number two star, um, Lake Louise, dude. I'd buy Lake Louise. That's where all those cool pond hockey pictures. I think are you would buy it. You'd have to buy a big chunk of land around Lake Louise, and put in like an airport, you know, yeah. or something like that. I had plenty of money. Yeah. With with a fucking jet to go whenever the fuck I want. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
How cool would that be? Because then not only do you have sick pond hockey, but like you have a sick summer house. We are we are like in lockstep here with our 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 things. I mean, I mean, mine was you know buying us you know the, the first one, but as we're moving forward, uh, so my number two star is I would buy the Las Vegas Raiders, my team, and I would play fantasy football in real life, and then shove it to the guys who play fantasy football hockey. Yep. I would play fantasy football in real life. I would call all the guys that do fantasy hockey, ask them for their advice. When they started to say, I just like to say, no one cares and hang out. But I would, (laughs) with $44 billion, I would bully the most well-deserved group of fucking assholes that need to be bullied is the NFL owners. They might be the worst people as a group on the fucking planet Earth. Yeah, probably. If I could go in there with $44 billion, which has got to be more than all of them, and just bully them and just... Oh, wouldn't that be great just to, like, just destroy them all? Just to flex on a bunch of just dickheads? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. And the funny thing is, is Mark Davis is probably the best one of them all. But sorry, buddy, you got to go because I like my Raiders. Um, that was a good one. My number one star. I think we share number one stars. Um, I'm going to buy a country dude and I'm going to be, and I'm going to be a king. Uh, I don't know how much countries go for, but obviously I would pick the one that I could get the best bang for my buck. So when I'm thinking of this, I want all four seasons. Okay. I want, I want snow cause I want it to be like Winterfell and, and game of Thrones. Uh, also I, I think people who live in all four season like areas are a little bit tougher than people that just live in one climate. Yeah. Fair. Uh, I would create King Keddy the first. <laughs> I probably like, I would, I would build walls. I would build giant walls. It'd be like a fort. The great wall of China, the great wall of K just around the entire fucking country. And then, so do you know I'd, how like, uh, <laughs> do you know how, like, if you ever seen like, uh, is it Mayo? They have like the like the stencil and they spray paint mayo chairman mayo's face everywhere you could just have yours around the great wall everywhere i'd have a fucking giant wall and like people are gonna be like oh we're about immigration dude it's my fucking country man what i says goes giant fucking walls uh huge castle with a big ass chair to chill and do a podcast in uh yeah dude buying my own country and being a king would be legit so i had a similar thing but i was thinking on a smaller plane um i have these both locations picked out did a little research so i would like to buy two different islands okay and i'm gonna call it north brownieville and south brownieville okay the north one is an island off the coast of maine i think it's pronounced matinicus maticness i'm not sure i'd have to ask al but it's uh i want to say it's like it was pretty good size there's only 58 people, so I'm going to get this cheap. I'm going to buy them all out. Yep. Right. I'm going to build a castle. There's already an airport on the on the island. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, land, air, and sea. Yeah. So I'm good there. That'll be for the summer, fall, and part of the winter. I can go in and out. And then the other one is in the Outer Banks. It's called uh, Ocracoke, I believe. Yeah. Is that that's, what you're saying? that's probably going to be a little bit more expensive than the other one. Yeah, but not a lot of people there either, and that also has an airport. I look for islands with low population that have already the infrastructure in place. And, that's and it'll be North Brownieville and South Brownieville. And I might do the walls also. I like that idea. Would you re- uh, Would you really name it Brownieville? Yeah, why not? Maybe name it after my daughter, maybe. 
I'd have to think about it's going to be her kingdom. Next next podcast, we have to come back with what we would name our countries and or islands. Okay. Well, I was thinking that I could be a um, I would want to be a state, so I could vote and have control back to my election stuff. I could be involved in politics. So these are both in in America. So if I incorporated as like the free state of Brownieville North, then would I could I get two delegates? It could be me and my daughter that go to Congress, you know, my vote or whatever. I don't know. I'd have to, you know, yeah. it's a fun game to play, you know. <laughs> Just <laughs> I have fantasy land. I do it, but you know, fantasy land. But it's, uh, yeah, it's fun to think about. But yeah, awkward, I, it's fun to think about. But fuck, like, why isn't Elon Musk doing that instead of buying Twitter? Yeah, things. I think if I had forty-four billion dollars, I don't think Twitter would be my top one thousand things to do. No, dude. No, no. But. I assume that's not all his money. Maybe that's also him kind of giving back to the whole like free speech thing. But yeah, so I've seen this from both sides, right? So everybody's proponing like a lot of people quit Twitter when he bought it. A lot of people jumped on Twitter when he bought it. Right. From either sides of the political spectrum. And I'm not here to tell you what's what and what's right and wrong. Everybody makes their own decision. Actually, I saw a great quote about that. They were talking about um, uh, people's right to believe whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Right. Your your beliefs, your politics, your religion, you can believe whatever you want. And that's all well and good. But what you can't do is terrorize someone else for not sharing those beliefs. Yeah. And I thought that was like a great way to sum it up. Right. The simplest way to do it. Yeah. So anyways, I, sorry, I got off on a tangent. There. I just thought of that. But um, so. Yes, there's free speech and he'll allow anything and he may not control it. But maybe, maybe, maybe in his eyes, he's doing that for like that reason to give back. Maybe, and that could you know be I mean? right or wrong. Maybe that's like what he's thinking. So, like when you and I were talking about like kind of giving back and our like, maybe this is his way. Could be, but could, but could he do a lot more with? And it's his money. He can do whatever the hell he wants, right? It's not. Up I to mean, me. I mean, him doing this has a lot more influence than anything that we just talked about. Oh, for sure. Ours are completely selfish for the most part, but <laughs> but could he take out of the forty-four billion? Could he take one billion and give it to me? Starving people. Yeah. You know, finance some food banks. Yeah, you know, dude, having, not, that, having that much money is insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I, and they talk about free speech, but the whole thing is he doesn't with him buying Twitter. He's not answering to. Uh, stockholders, shareholders. He's not, it's him. He's not answering to an executive board. So there's no, uh, there's no like reins on the horse. Do you think that he has any like understanding of money in terms of just like, I don't think he grew up with money. So he probably does. Yeah. But like having that much money, like when we go out to dinner, nice dinner, you always tip 20 plus percent, right? Like, Like, do you think that he always just gives like a thousand? Because like twenty dollars to him is quite literally nothing. I don't know, dude. I I, I mean, it's it's he, it's so far be, beyond he, my comprehension. He's giving five thousand dollar tips every time he goes to Chipotle, and it won't even put a dent in what he has going. He on. can hand away five thousand dollars every time he blinks his eyes for and probably it, a month straight, and it wouldn't make a dent. It's nuts. Yeah. Nuts. But that that was the podcast. Well off the rails. Wow, uh, that went uh, that went like deep and uh, yeah. like serious at the end there. 
That's what happens, dude. You got a good fart joke to send everybody off with a smile? I don't, but I have one for you. What is a pirate's favorite letter? Oh, it's arg. You think it'd be arg, but it's actually the C. (laughs) Hey! You like that one, dude? Nice one. Nice one. That's it's what I do. But, uh, Brownie, what else you got? Nothing. As always, God bless you, Jerome McGinley. I hope you're rooting on Calgary. I hope Calgary wins the West. And uh, we'll be talking playoffs next week, right? Yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be sick. So buckle up, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And we will talk to you guys next week. See ya.